Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. In today's episode, Anthony interviews actor Xavier Clyde. Xavier stars as Mercer in Apple TV's latest crime drama series, City on Fire. Based on the novel, the show follows the investigation of mysterious citywide fires, the downtown music scene, and a wealthy uptown real estate family fraying under the many secrets they keep. The two chat about rediscovering the spark for acting, dismantling rejection, overcoming imposter syndrome, and the toxicity of comparison in social media. City on Fire premieres May 12th on Apple TV Plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Moment Podcast. I feel like we've done so many this year. Uh, I think we're winding down, but we're saving the best for last. <laughs> so my guest today is Xavier Clyde. Welcome. Thank you. Thank How's it you. going, my friend? It's going. It's, it's been going. a hot minute since I've seen you. Yeah, it's the last time. Like, I don't know, face-to-face was when we were doing the the work-throughs for, like, the first few episodes for the show. Yeah, so tell us about your show. So the show, City on Fire, um, brand-new series from Apple TV based on the book um, by Garth Risk Helberg right here. Um, just filmed the first season last summer. Um, and then this uh, year at the TCAs, uh, we just announced that the premiere date will be May 12th, uh, Apple TV. So I'm it's, enough. It's, okay. it's really it's less than two months from now. It's, it's yeah. getting there. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, that entire um, experience of it. And so for me, it was, it was kind of like, weird. it's one of those, it's like the saying, it's like, you know what? what's meant for you will not pass you by. And so with this character and like with Mercer, it's this writer from the South, this kid who moves to New York to fulfill his dreams of just being just this famous American author, change change the world with his writing, this artist going here. And so to be that kid from the South, to be this artist and then to, it's my first time ever in New York was filming this show. And then, so to have that wonder that, discovery and then not have to mentally stray too far from the character um itself it was just a lot of genuine natural emotions for me where I was just growing and during this whole entire season one Mercer is really growing into this world of politics um race class wars and stuff he just um small town southern kid never experienced and so for me coming into now the industry this is my first official credited project ever had never been on a professional set before and then it's like I just jump 
like head Feet first, first into the yeah, head first, it's like yeah. it's it was just in, insane um to be on this set and learn from these people well i mean there's a lot to unpack there i mean first of all i mean we are who we play right i mean in yeah. some cases yeah. it's some people we play feel even closer to us than others right but as you yeah. as you progress on your journey xavier that's always going to be it you're always going to be in the work right it's yeah. it's yeah. not i'm always reminding people like the physics of it don't it's just not possible for us to be anywhere but ourselves in the work different permutations of it different aspects we have to draw upon parts that we don't always utilize but but also great that your first job felt like oh i like it's like wearing a glove, like it is me yeah. at, at some level. Well, let's talk about first about the show, I guess. Um, it's based on, because I remember we prepped for it and I, I didn't, yeah. you know, I was looking at the scripts and whatever, but like, it's based on, is it a fictional story? Fictional, about? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I thought it was based on like a true event of what happened. Fictional, fictional set in the backdrop of true um, events. As the book was originally written in... Um, um, set in the 70s during um, New York's first like major blackout. Uh -huh. um, but now they, uh, Josh and Stephanie um, updated it to where this is. Who did, they did, they did Gossip Girl, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Josh, what's so, his last name again? Um, uh, Schwartz. That's right. Josh Schwartz. Okay. And, and his writing partner or his. Yeah. It's Stephanie produced? Savage. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So they updated it. Sorry. Continue. To... Yeah. They updated it uh, 2003 um, okay. where there was actually another major um, blackout in New York. And then this one was even more so just more frightening because this is now, you know, two years after nine 11. Um, oh, yeah. And so there's still these fresh sort of um, things in the background that kind of like set up a lot of, um, emotional arcs for people. Um, a lot of the characters who were still affected by that tragedy and having that play into, you know, the whole dynamics and like um, how people played into the fears of that to like control or influence um, people's perceptions of like things around them. And so you'll just see um, a lot of influence with that there um, with the show. So I guess you're trying to you're pro, you're trying to explain it without giving anything yeah, away. I can see yeah. your strugglings, <laughs> and it does deal with like it does deal with like culture wars about there's a crime that is committed. I'm not giving anything away, and then no, somebody, no, no, this is very right? general stuff that's yeah. out there. Yeah. And is it is it deal with racial profiling at all a little bit, or in that regard? It does yeah. it does um, yeah. Most certainly does with, yeah, without giving too much. You'll just see a lot of those elements play into a lot of the events that unfold, um, especially like in the first um, episode. They're releasing the first three um, episodes on there. So you'll definitely see a lot of that story okay. and like everything like really get filled in during those first three. And who do you play again? So I play uh, Mercer Goodman, who is a professor um, at a very like his Upper East Side um, prep school for kids and so he's um, the youngest professor um, at this prep school and so you'll see that certain people um, are connected with him in that way because of his relationship that he's in um, with one of the other characters um, as well as he goes to that school and so just a lot of interconnecting one of those like murder mystery interconnecting like webs of stuff and very much um, how what is it the the whodunit theme is very in now, okay yes a little bit so, kind of like that 
so the series unfolds where we're trying to figure out who done it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I think I remember that. I never read the book. So, um, so how was it to, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, what I'm trying to say is I've not really, I don't think I've interviewed anybody on the podcast who were a part of a project that was adapted from mm-hmm. a book. So, right. And, or the, or maybe I just never asked that question. Maybe they all have been <laughs> so did you read the book, obviously, or so before, after, the book. during, so when I when we had first gotten to the studio, they were telling us like, you know, all the people behind the production have read it, um, going through it, and they were like, for the actors, they were like, um, you can, you don't have to. You don't have to. Um, for me, it was, got the book. I haven't read it all the way through. I simply just looked for all of my character's story beats. Uh-huh. Um, so I went through just to get, and luckily um, a lot of Mercer's story in the book is told through flashback. Um, and then also with the book, you get that crucial mental insight um, into the character. And so for me, I I wanted to not know where Mercer's story ended up. I just wanted to get a very base reading of his just psyche. Like, what is what is it that makes Mercer Mercer? What is his core? What are his beliefs, his um, typical emotions in any given situation. Um, so I knew and it's like through these readings in the book, um, I like color coded and I was like, this is uh, it's kind of like that exercise. It's like, what do people say about you? What do you say about yourself? Right. Um, emotions and just like um, how he perceives himself. And so using all of this to kind of gather up a sort of emotional core. Then once you figure that out, just take that and then I don't want to know the story I don't know where his journey goes I just want to carry who he is as a character and then experience everything in the moment as I'm getting the scripts as we're doing the scenes um doing the work together uh with other scene partners um but yeah I was like I I thought about that too because working on something where you you know how it ends you, you have a source of knowing where the story goes and I think I'm someone who doesn't really like to know that um, I like having that genuine experience in the moment of discovering, like, this is where it goes next. And then taking that in on the spot and then um, having that help with the performance overall. That was smart of you because, you know, I was just before we got on here, I was just coaching a client who's up for something and she has this monologue and we were just discussing, like, it's so strange being an actor, right? Because in real life, when you tell me, well, you wouldn't say a monologue, but when you're telling me a story, mm-hmm. you're telling it in real time, discovering it as you're yeah. saying it, even yeah. if it's a story about your past, which ultimately probably everything is because we're 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 thinking about something and then speaking it, right? Mm-hmm. But we're discovering it. But it's only in acting where you've read the material and then you're yeah. trying to play what you know. But we don't, mm-hmm. we can't do that because yeah. in life, we don't know. That. Nope. That's nope. what's so damn tricky about this whole acting thing, right? And yeah. That's yeah. smart that you you gathered information but didn't want to know. Also, I read something the other day about an actor who I really admire. He was talking about like filling in all the gaps and creating all this history and all this stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Like, right? His point was is he does it just so he can be free. But mm-hmm. I, I thought about, you know, Xavier, we don't, a character doesn't know everything about him or herself because you and I don't know everything about him or herself. Right. Mm -hmm. So to try to fill in all the blanks can also be, I think a disservice because there's the X factor of, we don't know 
where our lives, the turns our lives are going to take tomorrow, let alone today. Exactly. Or before yeah. we got on the call or before we started recording, you were saying the beast that is New York. Yeah. You yeah. know, so you having an idea about New York and then moving to New York are two different things. Yeah, exactly. It's all my whole entire view of New York is what I've seen shows, Experiencing movies. It. Oh, right. That's right. But then, like, well, yeah, that was my view of it. And then now, actually, yeah, actually, it's completely here, different. It's just uh, <laughs> I mean, this the great emergence of anxiety between the new career and then just brand new biggest city in the country. Yeah. And then just all of it coming together in that way. Um, but yeah, I was saying it's, it's this discovery. I'm just discovering each and every day new things about the city new things about how to interact and get around in this city and it's it's um this month march 1st was officially a year a year wow since i had moved like an entire year of just like living here has like gone by like that to where i just remember those base emotions from first moving here and just like and I'm still kind of like that, but there's a little bit more like certainty behind it as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. You've grown up fast. Wow. I mean, but also like, I guess you got thrown into, so you booked the job and then you relocated to New York because that's where you're filming. Yeah. And I guess you had it better than a lot of artists because you were an employed actor moving to New York right. on a job right exactly. away. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I moved to New York, I, I was having to like pound the pavement, getting a, a, a yeah. waiting tables job, like forget about yeah. acting. Like that didn't come until much later. So exactly. it's interesting that your transition into it was more acting driven. Yeah. And also probably like maybe more honeymoon because you also just, you got to yeah. be at set every day and you were working. It's very uh, rose colored. Yeah. Rose colored. Yeah. And now you're, now you're waiting to see if the show's going to get picked up. <laughs> no, you did another job, didn't you? You're working on it. I did. Uh, yeah. yeah you did I did a movie. Worked, so I did a movie in Chicago. Yeah, as well. Oh, you're doing fine. And who called it first? I mean, I don't ever like want to brag, <laughs> but I did say it's all going to happen for you. It happened very fast, Xavier. It, it did. So, so the thing is, too, it's like it's the it's the the events that just kind of again, it's it's just like all going to come together um, when we were talking about um, identity um, going there and then having the whole showcase and then after I did the showcase um, January of 20 was having these these uh, agent meetings and just nothing nothing had gone through and that was like a like big thing for me I was like you know getting representation is like oh this is like the thing this is like the step that I have yeah. to take so like yeah take that next like level um, in there. And then just hearing from the school that uh, no one wants to move forward. No one wants to, you know, sign either or not. Uh, I'm just interested at this moment. And then just having the school kind of like shut off communication as well. I just kind of felt like I just got untethered and like just the space of, yeah, that whole just like grinding the pavement. It's like going and going and going and just feeling like, you're getting nowhere um and then after that just like yeah i i really just kind of shut down after that year um for a little bit 
because I didn't even get actors access until the end of 2020. And it was just doing that. Um, and then still, again, just like that whole getting close and getting close and it's never getting in. So there was a point that led me to your studio. Um, it was after this open call for Euphoria. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And getting like, getting into it, getting callbacks from like a whole open call. It's like, oh, wow, this is incredible. And then knowing I didn't get it, there was just like this two week period of it's just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I actually just like also um, was skimming through Unstuck as well um, this like week and just the whole running into obstacles and like feeling like the, the whole idea of resistance is a negative emotion. And I just kept just like not knowing and, and like resisting this thing. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I, whatever this is, it's not working. And I need to, my brain was just like all over. And then I was like, you know, I'm in this place and I need to accept it. And then at this point, I just need to get back. Um, I need to get back into class. Mm-hmm. I just, cause I, that spark was like almost like gone. And I was like, I just got to rediscover that spark. Mm-hmm. I just got to rediscover it. Especially like, this was like, right before the first vaccine shot right. had come out yeah i remember 2021 um and then i'm just looking up just acting studios and then i had seen that amol was doing the the pods and i was yeah. like oh great <laughs> i was like it's in person it's like right here it was just rediscovering just the roots of it all just getting down to like just the brass freaking tactics of it all and then that was why i was so just like happy in that first foundations course when it was like this is like the structure cold reads and you're just there to listen to your partner which is just like the core thing that they just like drilled um that like summer was just drilling and then getting into your class and it was like it's the same stuff same stuff yeah listen 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 and then that just some was something that just like carried with me in all aspects of life you can't hope to a truthful performance if you're not living these beliefs as well in your real life and taking these lessons with you and becoming a better human being because i feel in part that's what makes you a better actor mm-hmm. to better be able to tell truth on screen you have to really embrace that truth in your life it's like how you said like you're we're telling these stories and everything and like we're like discovering this is why i'm like always kind of here and it's like i'm recounting all these things and discovering now where i'm at looking back that journey yeah well I mean Xavier you're also so young right I think all these things I I mean yes the the pain is real even when you're 21 or 22 but you know (laughs) all hope is not lost just when somebody comes out of you know a conservative conservatory or drama school if they don't get an agent or you know everybody's way into the career is different and we have to remember that right and but yes, you were uh, a pandemic baby, I like to call yep. it, because you were in my <laughs> class outdoors. I actually am always like, I get really emotional when I think about it, because that was such a special time. I mean, it was so crazy and scary mm-hmm. and weird. And I mean, you know, obviously we operated safely. And I think we were like the only school that I knew of, at least in LA, that had you know, a safety code protocol, but we were able to do it outside in our parking lot. Yeah. We heard this story and we created these plastic pods and yeah, getting you back to the basics of like 
how do you, how would you like to respond in this situation through yeah. listening? And then all of a sudden our instincts are starting to fire and our feeling mm -hmm. self comes forward, right? As opposed yeah. to overthinking how to say the line. That's the biggest mm -hmm. problem every actor has, right? But in yeah. life, we don't, again, we're, we're fumbling toward what we're saying. We're not, we don't plan how we're going to, I'm not planning how to have this podcast with you. Right. It's, flowing organically and so but I remember once we started to find your sea legs a little bit and you started to yeah. get into the zone I was like oh it's gonna be it's gonna happen for you it's fine and then sure enough you're like Tony I got the job <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit tell us a little bit about that process the audition process yeah, for the so like, yeah show? yeah because this was Zooming during the Zooming days, right? Still, like, or did yeah, you... it was all, yeah, still all self-tape. So self-taping. Yeah, your your class, so 2021 was just kind of the year it just, dominoes were just falling. Um, so getting into your class kind of like helped me rediscover that like spark again. I was like, okay it's there and then um having to leave your school because of that whole thing that we talked about um and then going through that so it was like i have the technical stuff with it but then i was also going through this emotional you went through um, a personal phase. yeah Very, personal crises yeah. yeah so you took a little beat yeah a little pause going through that was kind of like the push because at that point it was kind of just like all right well this is what i got left is is the work the acting yeah. and so just kind of throwing myself into that um, was the very first uh, thing that I booked was a um, short film that uh, Film Independent was funding um, through like this sort of cohort, kind of like how AFI, they get like the directors, producers, right. writers into like the cohort and they create a film. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to get into one of those films, um, which premiered at the Directors Guild of America. Um, later that year um uh, which my manager was at uh gina gina and yeah gina gina signed me right there she came up uh to the writer asked if i had representation and then that first meeting just literally just hit it off like instantly love it just just instantly connected on just all the views and the goals like what we wanted to do and then yeah she just started just we got to work right after that and city on fire was legitimately the second audition that she, she sent you out <laughs> yeah unbelievable and then yeah that so one was self-taped for it and then submitted three it. three self-tapes and uh -huh. then i was in the room on zoom with um patrick producer, rush right. Josh, patrick Stephanie. oh patrick yeah. yeah 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 um yeah director uh jesse and then like just all the apple executives and yeah i had to do it twice actually because i did it on my phone the first time and apparently the connection and the video were just awful how um, stressful <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're like we we don't want to send your tape you know to the to the higher ups we don't right. you know we present you in the best um light and everything and so i had to do it again um <laughs> on i did it on thursday and then had to do it again on saturday and that following thursday um that was it, which was also the same day that I tested positive for COVID for the first time. Oh, wow. Oh, I don't think, I, I don't think you ever told me that, that you got it. I didn't know you had gotten it. 
yeah and that was yeah got it the same day i booked i booked the show so was just sitting around in it but like weird low but like the best high yeah um so yeah and that was so wait, so wait Xavier so then did they so I guess what I didn't quite track is then you had a session with everybody right the executives and right. producers whatever but then because of the uh, bad connection you had to yeah. then go away and just self-tape it again or did they have another well, no, no. Live, so, um, live, so it was like a live zoom session live zoom session live zoom session on thursday and then didn't work out so like we're gonna set up another oh got it so in the room session okay in the room Saturday. with everybody on zoom yeah okay got same, it same and then same people got it okay and then and then you heard soon after that you got it wow yeah. that's a momentous day when you when the actor books their first job especially when it's a big job like that it's exciting yeah yeah, yeah. that was yeah that was the the scope of it too and just like who's who's all connected in the show and like the people yeah. and then like yeah seeing all these like faces that like everyone just knows and like loves because like I've I've personally never seen Gossip Girl yeah. um <laughs> but it's like everyone knows Gossip Girl everyone knows the OC yeah um so all these things all these like very like pop culture like the references yeah yeah for yeah. sure well, they have you seen the new Gossip Girl? I mean, I don't think a lot of people have watched the <laughs> no. new ones. Have they? But, yeah, but yeah, that, I mean, that goes to show you, like, you know, constantly redoing old hits doesn't always mean it's going to be a new hit. But that's a whole other conversation. I'm sure I've talked about many times on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's exciting that they've developed a new, you know, story. Um, and then, yeah, so then I remember you calling me and then we, we working on it and just getting you like what I'm always trying to remind the actor is you already got the job so that you do you, you did many things right. So they the people respond to somebody's essence and their essence matches the role or who they are, how they look or just all these X factors, these things that we can't control. They just are us. And then getting the actor to trust, okay, like let's lean into that. So what did you learn by being on set? I just so I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot. So but. Much. Um yeah, it's that thing of for me it was it was just the um the confidence and kind of like how yeah, you yeah. just said it was the you already have the job, but for me it was always like um so when you sent me the imposter syndrome chapter <laughs> oh um, yeah i remember we talked about that you were having a crisis about it it was a huge crisis it was, it was just well, that, yeah go ahead i mean yeah that happens i mean when we're i mean there's a new there was i posted something recently we did a thing on instagram but the new yorker or i think it was the new yorker came up with even the person who created the, the term imposter syndrome doesn't believe either doesn't believe it helps and or it's I think it's just made up but yeah. that's what I was that's what unstuck talks about right yeah but what was your discovery I guess about that you know it was it was um it was something that I kind of carried with me during the filming of the first few episodes it was just like doing these scenes and then getting like all this feedback and like all this solid feedback from director producers yeah. who were just like right there but me just being like I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still just, just trying, doing my best here. It's like never, never accepting the, um, the compliments. It was always just like uh, I can still do better. I can still do better. It's never. It was a lot of like self depreciation, uh -huh. just to like not 
like the moment I accept all these compliments, it's like the ego is just gonna blow out of proportion and I'm just gonna become this like narcissistic maniac over here. (laughs) So that's like the scary part for me too. It's like this weird balance of like yourself that yes, you're good enough, but not in a way that's just like, it's not taking away from um, wanting to continue to learn and wanting to continue to grow and everything. And you still see Viola Davis shares a lot of these self-help quotes and everything and how she talks about she still gets imposter syndrome. And there's there no other people feel like that in her like stratosphere of yeah. talent. But for her to still feel that. But Xavier, I think yes, but I think like, yeah, she talks openly about all that stuff. But I think again, I think her awareness, because she's older and she's been through it, it's it's an imposing on us based on this idea, this fiction that somebody knows more or somebody knows something that we don't or that we didn't get the lesson that we were supposed to get. Or I'm going to post one, I think today, maybe Jodie Foster, you know, who's won two Academy Awards and directs all the time now. I mean, she was directing also while she was acting, but she talks about how she, she doesn't really frame it as imposter syndrome, but how she never went to um, film school or acting school. Mm -hmm. She never took acting training. And so when she first started, and she was like a child actor, like I think she was in Taxi Driver was her first movie with Robert Mm -hmm. De Niro, right? Yeah. Or or some, somewhere close to that. And she said, you know, when I, when she got older, she said, I started uh, like overthinking, like, can I do this? Or do I know what I'm doing? And so she got all these books, all these acting books, because she's (laughs) like, I must be missing something. See, that (laughs) is the imposter syndrome. So she started reading all these books. And then she said, well, but, but I'm doing that, which I guess the books are telling me I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm already kind of doing that in my own way. And so she talks about, she found her own method. And yeah. that is the thing is we, I think we covet what we think is somebody else's way thinking that we're supposed to adhere to that. Yeah. And, and you discover as you forge your life, I'm always saying, and as you're walking your path, you're creating your own methodology in terms mm-hmm. of acting and creating and making art and loving and relationships, right? Yeah. I can ask my parents advice but at the end of the day, I, they can't walk my walk for me. They have yeah. their method. I have mine. Yeah. And that's also what's hard about relationships because we try to, we want people to like do it our way or yeah. it just doesn't yeah. work out. Yeah. And that for me is, I think is one of those things that I was discovering along the lines. It's, it's was the constant comparisons of like also seeing in the media, like, oh, this actor is the next this and the next that. But it's like understanding that there's, there's never going to be a next anyone. And then like, once you finally get into that mindset of like, yeah, like literally you just said, like it's your own path. You can't look to all these other places and feel like you're missing something because you don't, you're not doing it like them. You don't have it like them. You're not getting what they're getting. It's strictly focused on just discovering, as you just said, yeah, your own method and people, Sometimes people people will ask me, I was like, oh, what's your what's your method? What's your way of like approaching this? And like most of the time I'm like, I don't really know. It's just like in the moment, what feels right for me, it's like I'll pull from like whatever stuff that I just learned from this class or like from this person or this um scene, and I'll just podge it all together into something that's just like works for me in that moment. Well, there you go. That is 
that's the real gift we get from studying and learning and growing and developing is that we have to start developing. Everybody's doing that. Even the most famous filmmakers started at some point. Meryl Streep talks about that. I like just, let me just pull this quote up because I think it's worth repeating because she says this and I posted this the other day, you know, uh, when she graduated from university, she says, she says, when I was at Yale, I wanted some tools, something I could get my hands on in this ephemeral art. I learned that the only thing you can count on is that you can't count on anything. Yeah. That's Meryl Streep. <laughs> and so it speaks to Meryl, like you, like Viola, yeah. like Harrison yeah. Ford, like everybody, you're developing your own technique and your way of working as you go. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's only culture or our perception of like culture and also like social media nowadays because it's so awful. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I got to do it that way. You got to do it this it's way. The, it's the identity crisis of it all. That's it's right. Like, that is to harmful. yourself out. Yeah. That's where imposter syndrome, I think, Xavier, because I think I told you when I was walking you off the ledge, like I do many actors, it's fine. It's normal. Yeah. I love doing yeah. it. Is when I was your age, I didn't have, there was no there wasn't an imposter syndrome uh, theory because the feedback loop of constantly being told by media that we were something didn't exist. Mm -hmm. I would read things about, I remember when I was your age, I was studying and I read William Hurt. I don't know if you remember him. He was in, um, he actually passed, I think a couple of years ago now. Oh yes, 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 yes. William yes. Hurt. I remember reading an article about him when I was like 24 and it was saying how like, Every time this actress, I don't remember who it was, worked opposite William Hurt, she said, you know what, I just, I never knew what he was going to give me in the moment because it was always changing. And, mm -hmm. uh, and she was like, it was so exciting and so alive and so in the moment. And that's when I, she was saying how she fell in love with him, yeah. not like on set in terms of like just the way of working. And I remember, yeah. Xavier, at 24, I read that article and I was like, I want to learn how to do that. I want to, mm -hmm. I knew I was very early on in my acting training and I did not, I knew that was possible. I wasn't there yet in terms of, I was always kind of recreating the same thing, you yeah. know, like yeah. just always kind of doing the, the scenes the same way. But mm -hmm. to read that, I knew something inside me was like, oh, it's possible to create performance where it's so new and alive every moment. Yeah. But yeah. when I read that, it was inspirational. It wasn't imposter. It didn't create impossible yeah. syndrome yeah. in me. See, the way through the which difference. it's like, it's the way through which it's filtered to you. That's exactly it. Nowadays, yeah. young people are subjected to all this bullshit noise of, look at me, I've made it. And if you haven't made it this way, you're an imposter. I did not, reading that article about him didn't make me think I had to go to Juilliard to get there or there was something wrong with me. It just made me, oh, wow. So that's possible? So that's possible. That's worth working toward. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what we just, young people, get off social media. <laughs> it is. It's, it's just it's so toxic. And it's just like, it's just acid to the brain a lot of the times acid to is, the brain yeah it's it's just one of those where it's like yeah it's it's like that's the thing it's the name recognition it's like if you didn't go to juilliard if you didn't go to yale if you didn't, if you didn't do this to, yeah it's that that and like you, you have to do this and so a lot of the times people will look up all these actors and like where do they go to school and it's like oh, i want to go there then like they produce them but it's like you can't continue to try and walk 
someone else's path to create your own identity. It just, That's it's, right. you're That's not, right. you're not going to get to the destination that you want to be at because you're always, you're only looking at the end result of everything, not understanding the foundation. I was um, watching Selena Gomez's um, documentary on Apple TV, My Mind uh-huh. and Me, and she was visiting um, Kenya. One of the girls was at a school um, there was talking to Selena and she was like, you know, what focus on this and like focus on that and like, you know, don't worry about all the boys and everything. And so she was talking about how she wanted to, you know, graduate school first and then all the other stuff will come. And she's like, I don't, I don't want to build a roof without having a foundation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I think a lot of people with acting, it's like, they always, they're always trying to build the roof. They're like, oh, I just want the Oscars. I want the Emmys. I want all of this and not understanding that there's so much foundation to build. And that's just like the, that's just like the end result or a side result of it. That shouldn't be your end result. It's just a byproduct of you having such a wonderful foundation and connection with the acting. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. Well, that's why also Xavier, it's, it's because we think we can skip steps yeah, or we can game the system. And there's just, there's no way out of, there is no system to game in life, right? It's just life. Yeah. And we're all on a different, but similar path. I also think something came to mind, you know, just cause you're so young, like, I, Oh God, now it's like out of my mind. I shouldn't have had this coffee because my brain is working faster. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. I did. I just had it. just spilling out. It is. I was like, oh, this is such a good point for Xavier. And now it's fucking gone. It will come back to me. We were just talking about, let me, I want to circle back on something you said earlier, because you kind of mentioned it twice in, in two different ways, but because I know you're a big fan of Unstuck. Thank you. It was very sweet that I, I love that you got that, but, but no, because it's also honoring you talked about resistance and you talk about setbacks and one of the things that that book i'm really trying to embrace and i have to keep coming back to all the time xavier is like when we face our obstacles in life it's they're there for a reason they're actually they are part of the path they're not something that we're supposed to avoid like oh there's an obstacle there's a boulder in my path that must mean i have to go around it no it's there right to work through to overcome yes finding a different way so that it doesn't stop us moving forward but it's there for a reason it's just changing our relationship to it and i think you know knowing you like i do like it's sometimes we feel badly or think that we're doing something wrong or we might as well give up because there's conflict because you mentioned resistance. And I know you keep coming back to that chapter maybe. And like it's conflict is a natural part of life. It's our, our trying to deny it or resist it is what creates ultimately the, the inverse of that is we want to give up. Like, right. And we, that's not what its purpose is. Its purpose is like, okay, this is, this is something I have to negotiate with and work with. And what is it here to teach me? And how do I, I think this is also what we, 
you might because you've gotten through some bad spells like personally or whatever you realize mm-hmm. like oh had that not ever happened yeah yeah what i would you wouldn't be in new york yeah right no i every everything that's happened up until this point personal life emotional it's like yeah looking back on it i'm i i, I wouldn't be anywhere here those failures um failures weren't really failures that i'm here yeah, yeah that's right yeah. they were it's, just um the book it's like the whole like oh i'm stuck i'm blocked it's like you're not stuck the way that you're looking at it and it's like yeah like you said like these obstacles are are here for a reason the answer is in those obstacles um and it's it's using those as building blocks there was another there was a uh, another part um and stuck and unstuck about um create creatively we shut it down because we we fear the rejection Mm. and that was just like something that's comes up a lot for me it's like i don't want to i don't want to face that rejection but it's like all of those rejections it's it's the way you view that rejection it's how you should be embracing the rejections because one in this industry that's just a hundred percent certainty that it's going to happen so rather than running away from it it's really learning to embrace them and then continue to use them to build upon the steps towards where you like want to be well, I think we reject ourselves sometimes to to cushion or protect perceived protection from being rejected outwardly. It's easier yeah. to reject ourselves than put ourselves. But I think when we start to dismantle that, you start to see like, well, who are these people we're being rejected from? It's a corporation. Yeah. Who cares? It's, yeah. it's 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 an old nemesis from high school. Who cares? Who cares if mm-hmm. they reject us? You know, we don't really need them anyway. I think that's the important point about being an artist, right? Like, you just have to keep magnifying those people who get us, who love us, who appreciate us, who see our talent. And then the other half, why are we always, I was thinking this in the car today. I was like, why are we always gunning for getting people to not reject us, using your words, or getting to like us, who don't like us anyway? It's high school. I'm always yeah. trying, maybe less now. Why am I always trying to get those cool people to like me? It's Want just their approval. Yeah. That's right. It's like it's the pathology of high school. So that if they like me, then I'm finally gonna be the king of prom. Yeah, it's it's seeking <laughs> approval for self-validation. Oh my god, I it's wonder like, what has happened yeah. to the king and queen of prom. You know what I mean? It doesn't, that's where they peaked. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's it really is because it's it's just a mentality that was so became so permeated from high school that yes. it's like you carry it and you carry it in everything, everything in life. And especially like I, I do feel like yeah with actors that whole the the need for like validation to be validated that yeah you're good and it's like just because like this person doesn't see it doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel validated that your talent shouldn't be validated it's like you don't need this approval um constantly to like know your worth well it's never ending you know like where where's the sort the source that must give us our own validation is internal right because Your parents say you did a great job, but it's they didn't say it quite like you wanted them to say it. So then you get upset yeah. or your boyfriend mm-hmm. or girlfriend, you know, your partner tells you, but they kind of said it in a way that you didn't really, they yeah. didn't really yeah. say it, right? So it's, <laughs> it's a slip. Oh, yeah, you've been there. It's We've never, all been yeah. there. It's yeah, never, it's, it can't, it just, I showed somebody, a family member something and 
they didn't respond the way I wanted them to respond. And so of course it put me in such a bad mood and I kind of resented them all day. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck them. Like, see, this is the problem, right? It's, we must yeah. give it to ourselves. I, I love that we're talking about this Xavier because you're so young. And I think a lot of the things that we're talking about are really what your generation is, is experiencing because of social yeah. media and because yeah. of, that feedback loop you know the thing i was thinking of earlier i wrote it down now because it came to me and you were talking about how people just want to get to the top or just get to the you know adoration part and again i think that that is it because there are victims again of social media which is mm -hmm. on social media people curate yeah yep. so when they curating the the their their opening night well you're going to do it soon because you're going to have your <laughs> opening night which is great yeah but people don't see the struggle and the heartbreak you've had and the obstacles, see the resistance, the fears you've had to get to the opening night. So when we're a culture that's fixated just on the opening night, A, it becomes a perversion because we, we live for just those moments. That's the first part. And then the second part is realizing like, okay, that's just one part of the whole process, including yeah. the heartbreak and the, the rejections and the breakthroughs and the breakdowns to get to that part. And actually Xavier, the opening night is gonna be great, but it's really only a percentage of it. Yeah. The really great yeah. stuff was you experiencing all of it. Yeah. That's yeah. what's wrong with social fucking media. Yeah. So yeah. I want you to have a beautiful opening night and it will be because you will also simultaneously be like, wow, look at what I had to do to get here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. it will, it's like not a call. It's a culmination, but not even, it's just a step in the next step of your own life. And, yeah. But I think again, how it's framed, I often feel like a sad sack. If I'm watching like, you know, if I'm watching social media all the time, I'm like, well, my life doesn't look like that. My life is yeah. filled with awards this and a, a great vacation to Tulum. And like, yeah. or I'm sure people do look at myself because I'm, if I travel, I'm coming to New York in May mm -hmm. and like, tag New York City, I'm here. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? But it's all, yeah. I don't know, they lost my luggage on the flight and I got bumped and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's yeah. just this bullshit. This you don't, you don't post the stuff that's just gonna drag it down. Like no one wants all the, don't put all your, all the negative, negative. stuff on there. Well, and I, yeah, it, well, that's just it too, right? It's toxically positive, right? And I don't think you're, I don't see your hardships knowing you as negative. They just are, they're, they're interesting because they're part of your life. But we also are oriented toward. Like you just said, that's negative. No, it's not. I mean, I don't want to dwell on the 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 stuff that isn't working. That, but that's different than embracing, you know, the heartache and the struggle because that is a part of it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was saying this. Sorry, I was just one last point. I was saying, like, I was saying saying this when I was teaching in Australia. I think we live in a culture now that is like suffering averse or challenge averse but that's not mm -hmm. how li life is suffering life is a, we how do we value and appreciate and love beautiful moments if we don't have the contrast or the dichotomy of knowing the opposite 
because we yeah. live in a dualistic world, right? And so for me to know love, I have to know the opposite of that. To me to know mm -hmm. heart, heart-filledness, I have to know heartbreak. For me to mm -hmm. know success, I have to have experienced failure. It would be an empty world if we lived without the stuff that makes the good stuff good. Yeah, you just have, you just live, good, good, good. All this great stuff's happening, all this great stuff. Somebody It'd have like, no meaning. There's we no, yeah. poured out of our gourd. We would be, I don't know, we wouldn't, um, maybe we wouldn't even have desires. I, I, I don't know, like I've never really thought about it that way. Because if you, yeah, if you just knew that your life was just going to be perfect, like why, why would you work for it? Why would you have any ambition towards anything if you just knew that if someone just told you, your life's going to be fine and then worry about it. That's an interesting thought, Xavier, because I think that is kind of, again, what social media, why people suffer from anxiety and depression and comparison syndrome because in social media this complete drive for overnight success or billions of views yeah. or yeah you know what I'm saying? so it's interesting yeah. that, that you're bringing that up because that is kind of where these platforms how they're they're derived from that so i don't know it's mm. it's really interesting food for thought and i think yeah. it's important that we're not constantly always glued to it because yeah. it's not healthy, you know what I mean? It's giving that separation to it. And yeah, I, I definitely just told a lot of people like around like premiere week, like I'm probably just gonna shut down Instagram for like a couple weeks, just kind of really like be out in New York and just and sort of- it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, it's here, it happened. I'm, I'm letting it go. I'm freeing yeah. myself of like just that constant anxiety of, one like trying to check my phone and like oh how's the show doing how's the show doing and it's oh, no, like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah i can't do it and it's like i think it is just sort of now in this process and like having everything it's like freeing myself of just the the burden of needing needing that validation like the work i spent all that time doing was like worth it and it's like it's worth it it's already worth it i don't need the comment sections i don't need reviews from critics to tell me that experience um the values that i discovered about myself and the relationships i built were worth it because it's worth it to me and that's like the only validation that i do need that's right that I need. So. yeah oh you're growing young man it's getting there we're you know? we're getting there <laughs> uh 20 28 i'm 29 Ooh. next month so young Xavier, I'm so excited for you. You really are a real talent and you're finding your way. And yeah, it's exciting. And whatever happens with, with this show, like your work is done, like it's on to the next. It's all skill building and, you know what I mean? Being out in the world and realizing you're not an imposter. You deserve to be there. And it's only going to get better because you, you grow as a person, as an artist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So let's do the speed round here really fast. Yeah. What's okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go rogue for a minute. What's what's the thing you love most <laughs> about New York? It's definitely the people. I Great. like the energy oh. of the people here. Okay. And what's the thing you like least about New York? Uh, it's dirty. Oh, it's, I was uh... gonna say the people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, I live there. I actually... <laughs> that was it. I love the New Yorkers, and then I was like, I hate New Yorkers. But you're, I love the bluntness sure. because they're just so blunt, and then you just True. come to just love it. Fair enough. True. Um, okay. What is what's something you can't do without? Oh, bagels. Oh yeah, New York does have good bagels. 
what is uh what's your favorite movie well what's your favorite movie of this year did you see anything this year this year recently Creed three. Oh, Creed three okay got it yeah that just came out mm-hmm. okay that yeah. was that was a really good one really Love michael really b jordan that one. yeah yeah he's great him okay. and jonathan majors yeah was... he's great yeah they're both great yeah um what's your favorite movie of all time uh empire strikes back of course i see all your your oh, yeah, star yeah, wars exactly. paraphernalia it's <laughs> hilarious oh my god well how would you describe acting in one word <laughs> oh goodness um i'm just gonna have to go with transformative for now oh, that's beautiful it is transformative yeah i think for the people doing it and also if it's done well the people who are watching it mm-hmm. uh sadly that doesn't happen all the time though you know what i mean um what is something you learned at amaw to listen oh yeah and that's pretty much everything right yeah it changes our world like once you make that just the core of it then everything else just expands from there that's right it just gets easier Xavier you don't have to do such hard work if you're taught to listen but we worked on that so I think that's why you're doing great work what how would you define love it is rare it is uplifting but in the same sense it can also be something that's debilitating if you don't understand it but that's also the magic of it is figuring out the journey towards it and really, really discovering what love is like for you. Cause I think it is different for each person, what that love is simply based on the path that they've just been on um, in life. I always say that my definition of love is just this moment right now. Yeah. Thanks, Xavier. I like Xavier. that. I like that Thank one. you. Thank you. I like that one. <laughs> well, I do love you, brother. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad that we met. You deserve all the success. You're not an imposter. <laughs> You're doing great. And um, tell our viewers, where can they find you or what's the name? of? Please, you're going to probably, I mean, this is the other thing with social media. You're probably going to, once the show premieres, you're going to have like hundreds of thousands of followers, right? It's so nuts. So yeah, the show is called City on Fire. City on Fire. Apple TV. Premieres one. May 12th. May 12th. Looking out for the movie that I did in Chicago, Heist 88, with uh, Courtney B. Vance, that, is, that will be on one of Paramount's networks, Paramount Plus. Oh, wow. Showtime. Oh, and what, but Xavier, what's the name of it again? Heist 88. Ice 88? Heist. Heist. Heist 88. Okay, you kept dropping out there. Heist 88 coming yeah. soon to a. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it will. Okay. And then what's your handle on Instagram? I mean, here we are. Uh, Xavier Clyde Official. Xavier Clyde Official. Okay. Thanks, Xavier, for being here so much. Thank you for just all of it to this journey up to this point. Love you as well. I'm always here for you. Definitely. Don't forget to watch City on Fire, now streaming on Apple TV+. Thanks for listening to In the Moment. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.